We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for 12-28-08. And uh, this will be the last study that we're going to be doing for 2008. And today, I guess the, the, the title of today's study would be 2009 Code Red. And we're going to be talking about a lot of different things today that tie together with, well, really a lot of previous studies that we've done. A lot of new information, though, at the same time. We're going to be looking at the uh, these warnings that have been coming out from high-level politicians uh, all the way going back since October regarding the coming New World Order. Uh, this is going to tie into the global economic collapse that we're already within right now, uh, particularly in America, but it's going to affect everyone globally. And a lot of the plans and agendas that they have for the people of the world, and people in America as well. And so, the first article that we're looking at here, this was actually all the way from October 21st, 2008, and this is when a lot of this started with the actual warnings that were coming out. And it was entitled, Australian Prime Minister Kevin Rudd says that a, nu- a nuclear strike would make 9-11 look insignificant. And other warnings. That was the title of it. And uh, starts out by saying, over the last 72 hours, there's been a strange melange of cryptic messages leaked from world political leaders about what could be in store for America over the next few months. Now, I purposely waited to do this study because I wanted to wait until more information had come out uh, before I actually got into this. And that's why I waited, because there's a lot of other things that if I did the study at the time when all these warnings came out, there be a lot of things missing from the big picture. So continuing on, it says, These predictions of impending doom come from England, France, Australia, and the U.S. In each case, there is a press release or a news expose predicting huge and building threats emerging from faceless enemies in shadowy places. Joe Biden set the stage at the Seattle fundraiser for the VIPs uh, last Sunday when he told the audience about an international, quote, international crisis that will test Barack Obama's presidency should he be elected. Biden told top Democratic donors that a, quote, generated crisis will develop within six months, and Barack Obama will need the help of community leaders to control the population as unpopular decisions are made and Americans resist. Well, that's that's saying a mouthful there. And a generated crisis is something that's being, obviously, Generated. It's almost as though they're tipping their hand. And as I've said before, the elite will telegraph their punches prior to cataclysmic events. It's part of the methodology of the Kabbalah, which many of these high-level occultists are high-level Luciferian Satanists uh, participate in the Kabbalah. And within those Satanic religions, they believe that uh, you need to warn your enemies of their impending doom so that when the doom actually happens to them, they've been forewarned. In other words, it's part of their their belief system. I covered this in my Avion Flu presentation as well that's on the Internet. Now, when he says that a generated crisis will develop within six months of Barack Obama's you know, presidency, and then he says we'll need the help of community leaders to control the population, 
as unpopular decisions are made and as Americans resist. Well, we've done a lot of teachings on the 501c3 corporate churches in America and how they're in a big way a part, going to be part of the homeland security measures in order to quell resistance and to placate the masses and to keep the sheeple people happy. They're actually going to most likely use the pastors and they're going to use their actual churches as areas where a lot of these draconian measures are actually carried out and most likely forced vaccination. So you better watch out regarding this 501c3 church issue if you're a member of that. Now we've covered that that uh, subject in depth. If you want to know more about the 501c3 church situation, just go to my homepage and just uh, type in the numbers 501 in the search box and you'll see all the teachings I've done on this. Very, very important that you understand that. And this is why I'm so big about coming out of the 501c3 church system. Not only is it an abomination to God, uh, but, and again, we've proven that with the other teachings we've done, but also knowing how it, it's going to be used in the near future, most likely. So then Biden, speaking at a fundraiser, said, this is a quote, <clears throat> I can give you at least four or five scenarios from where it might originate. And he's going to need help. Now he's talking about Obama's going to need help. And the kind of help he's going to need, he's going to need, he's going to need you, not financially to help him. We're going to need you to use your influence, your influence within the community. Now these are these supposed quote community leaders he was in reference to. And again, the, the biggest ones they're going to be looking to, I believe, are the pastors of their respective churches. Okay. So, he's going to need your influence within the community to stand with him. Because it's not going to be apparent initially, it's, it's not going to be apparent that we're right. <laughs> so he's going to even say, he's saying basically to the community leaders, and also I believe the church, the 501c3 church leaders that are going to be used, is that it's not going to be apparent initially that Barack Obama is going to be right. They're just going to need your unquestionable support in this time of crisis. So he's they're really telegraphing a punch here. Biden's ominous language at the Seattle Sheridan are followed with statements by longtime establishment insiders Colin Powell and Madeleine Albright. Both say there is a massive crisis on the horizon and Biden was simply making a quote statement of fact. They say uh, Powell told Meet the Press the problems will always be there, and there's going to be a crisis which will come along the 21st or 22nd of January that we don't even know about right now. Now, normally, I mean, that's, that's, that's a real strong statement he made there. He, I mean, here you have Colin Powell saying there's going to be a crisis that's going to come along the 21st or 22nd of January that we don't even know about right now. Now, granted, nothing may even happen there. Okay, but it's just the fact of the time frame, I think, that he's referencing more than anything. And he never did elaborate on that in depth. It was like this, you know, this cryptic message that he delivers without ever really elaborating any further. Meanwhile, in England, they are trying to desperately to pass a draconian measure allowing for a 42-day imprisonment of any citizen without charges or access to bail. Lord West advised Prime Minister Gordon Brown on national security, and he said, <clears throat> quote, There is another great plot building up again, and we are monitoring 
it dipped slightly and is now rising again within the context of severe. The threat is huge. We have all done things that we need to do, but the threat is building. The complex plots are building. Now again, it's like these faceless threats that they're in reference to that they don't elaborate on whatsoever. The, what they're wanting to do is put the thought in our minds, though, of what's coming so that it won't be you know, such a shock when it does happen. Because again, this is pre-planned. Lord West, like Biden, Albright, and Powell, do not elaborate on the precise details of the threat or the source of his intelligence information, just that the situation is dire. <clears throat> Across the channel from England, you have the French Foreign Minister, Bernard Kouchner, warning the press that he believes that Israel will strike Iran. Now, I don't know if you're monitoring things going on in Israel right now, but you talk about a powder keg. We've done several teachings on this, how that is going to be the linchpin for World War III. And um, the Gaza Strip right now, the, all, the, all the things that are going on there, uh, I mean, it couldn't get as far as uh, tension goes. I don't think it could get much worse regarding that. And uh, the press is, most, is, is mostly portraying, or at least the press I've seen, a lot of it is portraying the poor Palestinians in the Gaza Strip Israel's cut off their supplies and these types of things. You know what the first thing I think of when I see all that? The first thing I think of is they shouldn't be there. The Muslims should not even be there. Period. And they're the ones that have been firing rockets into Israel incessantly for years and years and years. I mean, I've seen do documentaries on this, and yet... The poor Palestinians or Muslims are portrayed as though they're just innocent victims of this whole thing. And, and, you know, I understand there's a lot of kids involved, but the bottom line is they should not be there. If you look at the Middle East on a map, Israel is this tiny little piece of land compared to Syria, Iraq, Iran, Jordan, Lebanon, all these other places. And yet, isn't it kind of funny that, that the Muslims are absolutely totally obsessed with encroaching upon the little bit of land that Israel does have. Isn't that kind of funny? And yet they're portrayed in, a lot of times in the media as all these poor people that, that are, you know, they shouldn't be there in the first place. Then you've got Hamas launching their rockets into Israel day and night. That's okay. That's okay for them to do that. It's okay for them because in the Quran it says to slay and kill the infidel, the unbeliever, and the Jew is their mortal enemy. And the only solution for Hamas or for radical, fundamental Muslims are the total eradication of Israel. That's the only solution for them. <clears throat> Yasser Arafat has, has stated that. The uh, president of Iran, Ajaminadad guy, he said that. The only solution for them is total eradication of the Jews. That's it. That's the only thing that ultimately will ever appease them. You're not going to appease them by giving them more land. You're, you, there's nothing you're going to do to placate them. All infidels must die, according to the Quran. Okay? An infidel in the Quran is defined as an unbeliever in Islam. And they can do anything they want. To kill them, according to the Quran. Be, behead them, slay them. I've got all the verses. I've went over this before. I'm not making this stuff up. So, um, <clears throat> this, the tension in the Middle East right now with Iran and, and Israel, again, I believe that's going to be the linchpin for World War III. We've covered that in, in many other uh, 
teachings. If you want to know more about that, just can uh, WW3 or uh, Israel or Iran in the keyword search box on my homepage. Uh, going further, Israel is believed to have three or four hundred tactical nuclear weapons ready for deployment at any moment's notice. Only a few hours ago, Agence France Press published a press release about the Sydney meeting of the International Commission on Nuclear Non-Proliferation and Disarmament presided over by Australian Prime Minister Kevin Rudd, who said that the world is facing a threat that will dwarf the September 9-11 attacks. The devastation that could be wreaked by one of the major nuclear weapons incidents alone put 9-11 and almost everything else in a category of insignificant. Right. Members of the commission warned of reaching an avalanche of danger due to high, to the high number and general lack of control over nuclear devices and components. Former Australian Prime Minister Gareth Evans says, quote, it's really a bit of a miracle, referring to one of the 13 to 16,000 nuclear weapons known to exist that have not been detonated presumably by terrorists uh, causing a catastrophe. Why are there so many high-level politicians around the world in a seemingly coordinated effort warning of huge threats and developing crisis that may include a nuclear device? Are they preparing the masses for an event or series of events that have been in the making for some time? Is the public being prepared for new and forming enemies with the potential to plunge the world into the entire world into war? Prior to 9-11, William Kristol's project for a new American century called for a, quote, catalyzing event like a new Pearl Harbor to bring about this, quote, transformational change in U.S. foreign policy and military spending. Many believe a false flag strike on a major western city involving a nuclear device would be the catalyst to those who are working so hard to manifest this transformational change on the world scene, bringing it bringing it to the complete political, economic, and military transformation toward a fascist world government. And we're already seeing the fascist world government forming uh, really now, even in the infancy of Barack Obama's um, term here. I know he's not in quite yet, but how the government's buying up all this debt and putting all this money into the banks and into these different businesses, this bailout, these types of things... Uh, when you have the government doing this, that's where we, we turn into the whole fascist economy. And the, the fascism is going to be essential to the new world order because we're, you have to have the world government controlling the businesses, the big corporations. Uh, that's just part of the game that, that almost really has to happen in order for their agenda to be fulfilled. Now, moving on to the next article, this one is from Cutting Edge and... Uh, just one of their news briefs, and this one's entitled, Both the Obama and the McCain camps have hinted that a terrible crisis will erupt within the first six months of the 44th president's term. And this is from Fox News. This is October 20th. Biden-Obama will be tested in the first six months of administration. This goes on to say, opening an avenue for McCain campaign to push its candidate strength, Joe Biden said an Obama administration would face an international challenge within the first six months. He says, mark my words, it will not be six months before the world tests Barack Obama. So he's saying it's going to be before six months in this particular statement. 
and he refers, and he says, like they did to John Kennedy, the world is looking, Biden said. And then he goes on to say, remember, I said, I said it standing here. If you don't remember anything else, I said, watch, we're going to have an international crisis, a generated crisis, to test the mettle of this guy. Now, he's, you have to understand, Biden is basically, his vice president, is saying, if you don't remember anything else I said, he says, watch, we're going to have an international crisis within the first six months of his term. And he said it will not be six months before by, uh, Obama's tested. And then he says, I don't know what the decision's going to be, but I will promise you it will occur. He's promising us that an international crisis will occur within the first six months of Obama's term. He's promising that. That's pretty amazing statement, I, you know, to make. And then he goes on to say, I can also guarantee that if a, quote, generated crisis will occur, it will be generated, no, that's not Biden, this is cutting edge saying this, it will be generated by the Illuminati because that is part of their plan. If the Illuminati does not plan for a crisis this early in the new president's term, then this statement by Senator Biden will just be another rumor of war. Okay, so that's something also to bear in mind. Remember, Bible talks about, Matthew 24, there will be wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. So again, we're not doing this study to trouble you, okay? We need to always keep things in light of Scripture, okay? Keep your eyes focused and fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ and these types of things. Uh, we also want to not be destroyed for lack of knowledge, and it's always good to have warning about something, and, and as, as a watchman, that's what my job is to do, is to warn uh, when I see the sword coming or approaching, you know, my job is to warn you. So, there's a lot of wars and rumors of wars, okay? Um, but again, don't get your eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ, off His Word, the King James Bible. Then it goes on to say, not to be outdone, Senator McCain also hinted at a major crisis early in the next administration, uh, he did this in a news brief, AFP, McCain raises, raises the specter of nuclear war. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go into the verbiage of that one, it was, um, but he also, McCain also brought the point up, I guess is the point I wanted to make. For time's sake, we'll continue on here. The Bible speaks of cooperation amongst the final ten kings of the earth at the end of the age. Now, this is Cutting Edge's take on the situation. And I think they've got a very good grasp on the Middle East and on uh, the entire... I don't agree with, with a lot of things that, you know, uh, with some of the things that their ministry... But I really believe they've got a very good solid grasp on the, particularly the Middle East situation. And a lot of the information that they put out really does um, confirm and line up with, with the Word of God. So, in Revelation 17.17, 17, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, turn there real quick. Okay, so Revelation 17.17 17 says, For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will, and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast, until the words of God shall be fulfilled. Okay, so, going back to the article, this is one of the most important scriptures for telling the kingdom of Antichrist that will be established by a global conspiracy. 
God has acted through his sovereign will to place the plan into the hearts of the final ten kings to cooperate and to act in harmony and to carry out a course of action that will fulfill all God's prophecies. Now remember, the world's already been divided up through like NAFTA and these types of things into ten regions. Okay, European Union is one. The common North American Union is another. That will be Mexico, Canada, and America. Okay, and we're going to be talking a little bit more about the Amero, the one world, uh, not the one world currency, but the, the regional currency for the North American Union. It's already been divided up into ten sections. Okay, so just so you know that, I think that's important to understand. And basically, they're going to, they're, these, these ten kings are going to carry out a course of action which will fulfill all of God's prophecies, not because they're godly, but because they're being used of God, because this is what the Lord, word of God has predicted, and this is the way it's going to happen. God is glorified when his ancient prophecies are finally carried out to the letter, and, and again, that's been proven over and over in a lot of the studies that we've cited. Colin Powell even mentioned January 21st or 22nd, as, uh, 2009, as possible dates of a major crisis in the remarks he made when he supported Obama for president. Since the plan to establish the final ten kings of the earth is well known, and again, they cover that in News Brief 1002. If you did a keyword search on Cutting Edge, it's News 1002. And that is a plot created by the worldwide Illuminati beginning since 1773. We know that we can look to the Illuminati plan to see if they plan a massive crisis in the first six months of the administration of the 44th president. But first, let us examine a famous quote from one of the authors of the global elite to hear from their own lips the existence of this kind of global conspiracy which Revelation 17.17 17 foretells. Now, again, I had a guy email me the other day about after the, the teaching that I did on the silent sound. And he was trying to he was trying to post all these comments about the thing saying, Oh, this is this conspiracy theory. Just preach the gospel. That's all you're supposed to do. Well, a watchman's calling is different than an evangelist calling. Just like an evangelist calling is different than a pastor's calling. Or a teacher's calling is different. Than, you know, you understand what I'm saying? We're part of the body of Christ. And not all of us have the same function. And people, really, you know what it boils down to is I put out information that makes people very uncomfortable. Because they're not getting it in their, their lukewarm 501c3 corporate church setting. Therefore, they have to attack me in order to discount the information I'm putting out, in order to placate their own conscience, and to make their own conscience say, oh, this guy's just a nut. He's just a conspiracy theorist. The Bible's full of conspiracies. The Bible talks, in fact, it uses the word conspiracy on several occasions, and I even emailed him all the places that it occurred. Okay, so conspiracies do happen, and it's not a conspiracy anymore if you can prove it and document it. It's not a conspiracy anymore. And that's what we're, we're endeavoring to do. Are you saying I'm a conspiracy theorist because I'm talking about quotes that came out of high-level politicians' mouth? That they're not telegraphing their punches? Come on. I mean, so anyway. But uh, going further, this is from a book called The Armageddon Script, page 252. Peter Lemassure and a high-level uh, New World Order boy, and he says, quote, The script is now written, 
subject only to last-minute editing and stage directions. This is the time that we're going into. We're in, but we're really going into. The script has already been written. Remember, it's scripted. It's pre-planned, in other words. Subject only to last-minute editing and stage directions. Down in the pit, the subterranean orchestra is already tuning up. He's comparing the coming New World Order and cataclysms, really biblical events, to that of an opera. Or some elaborate play. The subterranean orchestra is already tuning up. Most of the actors have already taken up their roles. That would be like the politicians. Mostly the figureheads out there. They're actors. They're puppets on a string. The people that really control things behind the scene in the, in the 13 families of the, of the Illuminati are the ones that really control these issues. Okay. Now granted, the Lord Jesus Christ is in control of all that as well. So, we always want to remember who's truly in control. Soon it will be time for them to come on stage, ready for the curtain to arise. The time for action will have come. That was the end of the quote there. So, what is the, what is the plan of the Illuminati to produce the Antichrist? And are there any hints as to the timing of the next big crisis? In accord with Matthew 24, 6-8, the Illuminati plans to stage their Antichrist through a World War III, and this war will most likely be comprised of the following scenario. Number one, a Middle East, in the Middle East, Islamic nations surrounding Israel are designed to be the trigger to start a Middle East conflagration, but Israel will be the major combatant. United States forces could be well attacked whenever they are stationed in the Middle East. Okay, and again, we're seeing a ton of tension over there. You know, right now as I speak, it's like a powder keg. It's always been a powder keg. Since its formation, it's always going to be a powder keg. As I said, because the Islamic people, the people at the top, will never, ever, ever accept. You know, you can give them all the land. The only thing they're going to accept is total annihilation of the Jews. That's what their, that's what their uh, Quran teaches. That is what their religion teaches them. If they're fundamental to their faith, if they're fundamental Muslims then that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to kill people. I had a, I've been uh, counseling uh, with, a, with a man recently, uh, locally, and um, his mother's Muslim, and you know he's bringing up a lot of these things in the Quran to her and showing them, you know. <laughs> he even said, you know, hey mom, if I don't believe like you believe, you're supposed to kill me. According to the Quran... You're supposed to do away with me. <laughs> I think it's great, actually. I mean, to bring these things up to her, you know, and they've always got some way of justifying, you know, their 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 actions in this type of thing. But it's true. That's the only thing. It's the only scenario that will appease them. Now, I know when the Antichrist comes along and the lion signs and wonders, a lot of things are going to shift. All the world religions are going to get on the same page. And you're not going to have that same dynamic going on. Um, at least religion against religion. You're going to have it probably going on against true born-again Christians, unfortunately. But again, the Bible predicts that's going to happen. So, But uh, moving further, so he talks about this, the following scenarios in the Middle East. Uh, and then the Korean Peninsula. A hair-raising nuclear confrontation in Korea may, may, towards the end of that period, threaten mankind's very survival. Again, that's from 
a quote from the same book that we just quoted, the Armageddon script, page 223, and they were predicting in there uh, a nuclear conf confrontation in um, Korea. I, I know they're in reference to northern Korea. After the U.S. forces are fully involved in the Middle East, giving and taking fire, North Korea is to pour out over the DMZ, I believe that's the neutral zone, using weapons of mass destruction. Since the United States is committed by treaty to quickly reinforce with 690,000 troops, we will immediately begin to rush forces into Korea, into the Korean Peninsula. At that moment, North Korea will threaten to use nuclear missiles against our cities. Since Americans believe we cannot stop even one missile, we are totally open to missile attack. We will feel that at any moment North Korean nukes may start exploding in our cities. China may intervene diplomatically on behalf of North Korea, threatening us with nuclear attack, thus adding the fear and making the entire episode a hair-raising nuclear confrontation. Cutting-edge comments here. If people would only understand that America has a missile defense system in the HARP system. Now, we talked about HARP last week with the silent sound technology and the Gwen Towers. HARP can also be used as a uh, protective... Uh, as a weapon against nuclear weapons exploding. But see, you have to understand, the script has already been written. So if there is a false flag nuclear event on our soil, remember, it's part of the script. Okay, People, don't, people have a really hard time understanding that. They're, oh no, that can't be. Our, our government is not that wicked. Yes, it is. The script has already been written. These people do not have your best interests at heart. We're going to really take an in-depth look at that in this study. These are globalist elite that consider you something that needs to be eliminated off the earth, particularly as a born-again Christian. Now remember, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Okay, so as a Christian, death is the door to heaven. Okay? And we're going to be looking at that whole concept as, as, as well. And not to say everybody's going to die, I'm just saying that, that there's a mindset that I think we should have regarding death. Okay, And I know that's easier said than done, but uh, it's something that we can pray about as well. So, this HARP def uh, system actually has the capability to totally keep missiles away from the North American continent. They would not fall for, the, for, this, in part, uh, for this part of the script. Okay, so while we are speaking of the HARP capabilities, we need to ask a question. Since this capability is totally dependent upon a huge array of HARP antennas in Alaska, we went into this in depth last week. How susceptible is this array to the enemy commando troops raiding it to take it out? If the HARP is disabled, then any missile can come in and we have ourselves a true emergency. Well, again, if, if, an, if an explosion happens on our soil, it's been pre-planned. Then there's Taiwan. After the U.S. is thoroughly engaged in both the Middle East and on the Korean Peninsula, China is to invade Taiwan. In other words, the communist nations will come, just like the Axis powers did during World War II, will be fighting wars on many different fronts, which further breaks up our troops, further creates more chaos, which is all part of the plan, further creates more terror, fear, anxiety in the world populace. Okay, When you have... War is being fought on many fronts, okay? And that's the point of this whole thing. After the U.S. is thoroughly engaged in both the Middle East and the Korean Peninsula, China is to invade Tehran. Taiwan, I'm sorry, Tehran. In June of 1991, I was invited to attend the U.S. Naval 
War College's annual strategy conference in Newport Beach, Rhode Island. I believe this is David Bay talking here. My verbatim notes from this most important conference are in Cutting Edge Directory of All Articles. News briefs 1292 and 1304 if you want to access those. Now they do charge a subscription fee of $25 a year, $25 a year to access all their things. So, but I believe it's well worth the money. And then he goes all along the time frame in which it takes to unfold these three wars, terrorist attacks are planned in major cities of all the developed nations in which the citizenry is still electing their leaders. Current leaders in all these nations will use the terrorist attacks as an excuse to dissolve the current government and impose martial law. I've said this many times before. All it's going to take is an avian flu pandemic and or a false flag nuclear event. Uh, another thing that could do it would be some unbelievable um, natural, supposed natural disaster. That could they could impose martial law from that too. There's a lot of different scenarios, uh, and again, it's all by design. So these terror attacks will occur after World War III has begun. He's saying. Now I don't know, but I, I can't be dogmatic. It may be going into World War III. Okay, it may be what causes, you know, the official start of World War III, as, as I think more of a likely scenario. This will be the start of it. Therefore, there will be no question but that a next wave of terror attacks is also planned. The only question is the timing. To answer that question, we have to understand one more detail. The short duration of this planned World War III. Since the Illuminati will plan their events around their sacred numbers, World War III is planned to be 13 weeks long. 13 is the number denoting extreme rebellion against the construed authority. Now again, this is Cutting Edge's take on this particular problem, and I believe they've got a very good grasp of this. Again, I'm not going to put all my eggs in this basket saying, yes, it's going to be definitely a 13-week war, okay? But they're saying former Satanist Doc Marquis, who I've actually done done some phone consults with, I haven't talked to him in a long time, um, but... Doc Marquis adamantly told me on a number of occasions that this 91-day war will be the deadliest in history. Now, Doc Marquis was a former uh, Illuminati Luciferian, grew up in one of these blue-blood Illuminati families, and this was what he was taught, that there's going to be a World War III, and it's emphatic that it's going to be a 13-week, 91-day war. Okay? So, that's how he was brought up. And because the Illuminati is going to use a wide array of weapons of mass destruction, this war will be the deadliest in history, nuclear, chemical, and biological. Okay, so that would include something like possibly anthrax, bubonic plague, avian flu. I've done, <coughs> you know, I've done a, I've done a 14 city tour in the avian flu. I've got that up on Google and YouTube. I've even got the, the study on sermon audio as well. If you want to listen to it, there. Just key in Avion uh, in the keyword search box, or flu. You can listen to that. I think it's very important we prepare ourselves, body, soul, and spirit, for for what's coming. And uh, most likely, a lot of this stuff, and I've said this before, is going to go down in conjunction with one another. Possibly false flag nuclear. Now, see, why, why would they want to do it that way? In order to maximize terror and panic. If you've got, if you're dealing with Avion flu... False flag nuclear events, global meltdown of the economic system. You understand where I'm going with this? We've never had to deal with, with really 
any of those one things, in America in particular, ever. And now all of a sudden we're going to be dealing with all of it, most likely at the same time. It's, it's going to be unlike anything we've ever known. None of us really have a concept of what it's going to be like Unless you've lived in like a third world country and lived under, you know, some unbelievable regime where you've been... In, and there and there may be listeners that are listening to me right now that are under that type of thing. And, and God bless you, you know, if that is the case. Um, Americans, for the most part, don't have a comprehension of this. And myself included. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm, you know... Oh, I'm I'm fully prepared. We're None of us, I think, understand. Um... And again, that's why you have to totally rely on the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Lord Jesus Christ is your shelter in the time of storm. Under the shelter of his wings will I make my refuge while these calamities be overpassed. And then we look at things like Psalm 91 and Psalm 64 that we had talked about earlier. And I think these are things that we really need to um, rely on the Word of God, prayer, fasting, getting right with the Lord, these types of things. Going further, it says, Furthermore, not one of the planned parts of World War III will occur before the war actually starts. Therefore, we must look at the progression which the war between Israel and her Arab neighbors is taking. The event which shall serve as the final warning signal that this war is about to begin, is the establishment of the Palestinian state. Now, that's what they're saying. He's got a news article, 2095, that where he go, goes into that further. Now, there's been a lot of talk about the Palestinian state lately as well. Okay? But, we'll see. I mean, I, the way it is right now, uh, over there, it's such a powder keg, there's no way they're going to come to a treaty on anything right now, as much of a powder keg as it is. So we'll see. Remember, there's there's certain ways things can be tweaked at the very end on on the Illuminati's end. Remember, let me just read this part of this quote again from this Armageddon script. Uh, the script is now written subject only to last minute editing and stage directions. Now remember, that's what we're dealing with right now. The last minute editing and stage directions. This is regarding the coming New World Order. That they compare to like a orchestra tuning up in the subterranean pit or a big play that they're going to put on. Okay, so again, this is that last minute fine tuning. So some of these things are subject to a little bit different tweaking on the Illuminati's part. So, and again, that's why I'm not dogmatic about setting dates and saying definitely... You know, this guy is definitely the Antichrist. I, I will not waver. I will not vary. I, or, or saying that it's going to definitely gap in exactly this way. I, I don't want to do that. I want to give you the big picture. Okay? And um, because there, there is last minute tuning that, that, that is going to be done here. So if we go further, it says, Therefore... The eventual, the event which, okay, we already read that. If the Palestinian state is declared to be reality within the first six months of the next presidency, then Biden's timetable has a shot at being fulfilled. Now they're they're hinging everything on the, the formation of the Palestinian state. Okay, I'm I'm not going to quite be that dogmatic. I, I think there's, like I said, there there it could go either way. 
Then it says, however, if this state is not declared within the within the time frame, he says, he says there's no chance that a terror attack will occur within the six months time frame if the Palestinian state is informed. I don't know about that. I, I I'm not going to get that dogmatic about something when I know that they have allowed themselves um, some different scenarios that could play out here. But that's their take. I want to I want to make sure that we have kind of both sides there. So what kind of crisis could possibly erupt so quickly in the term of the next president? A terror attack seems to be the event at which both campaigns seem to be pointing us to. Now remember, all these quotes that I had talked about with Biden and you know McCain chimed in and the Prime Minister of Australia and then that Lord West guy, they're all pointing to some type of terror event. The first story um this first story is most certainly a CIA plant, given the location of the discovery, plus the fact that the story uses Bin Laden as a source, a man who is probably dead now, and a man that we actually trained. Yes, we trained Bin Laden, okay? Proven fact. I've seen, you know, more documentation proving that. And if you do, if you do studies on Bin Laden, even on the internet, uh, U.S. trained, you can, do, you can find the information out. Then he goes on to say, but it is important many times to know what the propagandists want us to believe. This is uh, entitled, Bin Laden's Plan for Global Fireball, World Daily Net, October 20, 2008. Uh, and again, I don't, I, there's hardly any news source that I entrust implicitly. Okay, World Daily Net, there's been a lot of things up there that make me see that they're just part of the propaganda machine. Not to say there's things you can't glean, okay, but, you know. They've got shirts they sell like, you know, it's, it's just, it's just, they're, they're, they're ultimately they're part of the system in, a, in, a, in some way, shape, or form, just like most news outlets are. London, uh, this came out of London, documents recovered from a remote area along the Pakistani border have revealed that Osama bin Laden wants Al-Qaeda to launch a global fireball by lighting forest fires in Europe, the United States, Australia, and South America, the documents uncovered during an operation led by the British intelligence MI6 have been discovered by experts in the agency. Uh, as most are worrying, as the most worrying plot that the world is facing. Give me a break on this. Okay. Again, I could do a whole study on that part alone, and I just don't have time to go down that rabbit trail today. Uh, but then it says, while the supposed document correctly identifies the wider area planned for the next terror attack, the United States, Australia, and South America, its origins are very suspicious. Now, this is cutting-edge commenting. In the past, when the CIA or some other Western intelligence service created a bogus news story, they reported that it was found either in a captured laptop computer or in some remote area in Afghanistan or some other Middle Eastern co country in which President Bush has extended his war on terror. The story reports that the documents were discovered in a remote area along the Pakistani border. This location is very typical of planted intelligence documents. Then further, even Homeland Security Chief got in on the act. This is October 22nd, 2008. Change in the U.S. President may spur terror plot. Homeland Security chaired off warns. Terrorists may see the change to a new U.S. President over the next six months, as a prime chance to attack. No matter who wins the White House, Homeland Security Secretary Michael Chertoff said. 
Any period of transition creates a greater vulnerability, meaning there's more likelihood of distraction. Chertoff said in an interview yesterday, you have to be concerned it will create an operational opportunity for a terrorist. Cutting edge comments, I find it highly interesting that Chertoff mentioned the six-month time frame also. Again, it's the six-month time frame after Obama is inaugurated. It is possible that the next terror attack will occur within the first six months of the next president. But only if World War III has begun. We must keep our eyes on Israel and speed and, and the speed at which she is moving into the scripted World War III. Okay, so that was Cutting Edge's, Edge's take on this particular thing uh, that we're talking about today here. And let's go further now. Okay, so we're going to go further. This is another Cutting Edge update that they put out. And again, the reason I'm going over a lot of this information is to really drive the point home that it's not me saying this. It's not It's not Scott Johnson postulating this is going to happen. This is what the political heads of the world, the political, you know, a lot of, some of them are presidents, high-level political people are saying and telegraphing to the world. So this article was entitled, Abruptly, the Illuminati signals that a severe crisis is planned to strike within the first days, weeks, or at most months after the president takes office. Vice President Biden was the first to sound the warning last week, but he was quickly joined by even more prestigious leaders. Richard Haas, the current president of the Council of Foreign Relations, of which, of which Rick Warren is a member, sounded a so- somber alarm in his article below, entitled, Council of Foreign Relations President Predicts Coup, Genocide, and Terrorism to Test Obama. Nice, flowery title. This is from the Seattle Times. This is November 6, 2008, so now we're getting a little bit a little bit further. We're into November. Washington, this came out of Washington, in 74 days, this was at the time, President-elect Barack Obama will assume the responsibility for guiding the nation out of two wars and through a daunting array of real and potential global crises. Obama is likely to benefit from the initial goodwill across much of the planet, where there's profound relief that the Bush years are gone, or ending. Still, the new president, untested in foreign affairs, faces what many will be the most unsettling, unsettled global scene since the 1930s or 40s. As we know, a deliberate script is... Now, this is cutting-edge commenting. As we know, a deliberate script is being written for President Obama. See, he's scripted. Just as it has been written for the Bushes, the Bill Clinton, and Ronald Reagan, the Illuminati is now very specific in terms of creating script, scripts while the current White House occupant is expected to follow them. Obama will be following a similar script. At this point, our featured article above lists the various points of conflict or threatened conflict around the world awaiting President Obama. Time and space do not allow us to list them here, so we encourage you to read the article thoroughly. They've got a lot of different articles that you can go and read specific things about. So then this Haas guy, who is the uh, president of the Council of Foreign Relations, the CFR, he has more specific warnings. Number one, he says, just a day after the election, Iran's military officials Wednesday issued a notice warning U.S. forces that any violation of Iranian airspace will be met with force. So that's always a big thing, too. This Iranian, you know, thing, how they, you know, supposedly are right on the verge of having nuclear weapons and these things. And, And then test number two, he said... Another test may be, have come on Wednesday, his first day as president-elect, Russian President 
Dmitry Medvedev announced in the first State of Nation speech that Russia will station short-range missiles near its border with Poland if Obama proceeds with Bush's plan to station missile defense systems in Poland and the Czech Republic. It was a reminder that Russia, which seemingly has been cooperative during most of the tenure of Obama's two predecessors, has turned anti-Western. Meaning they don't like Western music anymore. They don't like Tim McGraw or, or any of those guys anymore. It's uh, Garth Brooks. No, sorry. Sorry about that. I, I got a little off track there. No, that they've turned anti-Western, meaning they've turned against the West, America, the great Satan, as they were... For, oh, well, we, we pretty much are, kind of, you know, I mean, as far as the way the rest of the world looks at us. Um, so anyway, then test three. Richard Haas, the president of Council for Foreign Relations, said that what makes the current situation unique isn't the multiplicity of challenges facing the United States, but the fact that the U.S. military is stretched in Iraq and Afghanistan and the economic crisis demands attention. In other words, President Obama will discover that he must first deal with the realities of two wars on the ground overseas in an alien economy before he can undertake any broad new incentive either overseas or at home. Haas then lists the types of tasks which Obama may be called upon to face. This is interesting. He says, one, the first one, while foreign leaders may or may not choose to test Obama, the one thing I'm sure of is events will test him, Haas said. There will be coups. There will be genocide. There will be terrorism. Pretty strong warning from the president of the CFR regarding Obama. Only six days after Haas made these remarks, a number of Illuminati leaders across the globe uttered more warnings to which we would be wise to pay attention. News brief. Similar warnings from world leaders all within 72 hours. This is from the Jerusalem Post, November 12, 2008. Over the last 72 hours, there's been strange melange of cryptic messages leaked from the world political leaders about what could be in store for America. We've already covered, you know, most of these quotes the author of this article then concludes, Why are there so many high-level politicians around the world in a seemingly coordinated effort warning of the huge threats and developing crises that may include a nuclear device? Are they preparing the masses for an event or events that have been in the making for some time? Is the public being prepared for the new forming enemies with a huge potential to plunge the entire world into war? I believe this really got kicked off with the global economic meltdown that we're in right now, that was the, that was really what kicked things off. And then we're going to have these other things keeping upon that. Former Satanist Doc Marquis adamantly stated on numerous occasions that terrorism, wars, famines, earthquakes will occur to produce the Antichrist. But that the really big crisis that can destroy the nations or collapse economies will not occur until World War III erupts. Out of the smoke, dust, destruction of World War III will stride the Antichrist to the world scene. Okay, And, and I, I agree with that assessment there. We've done uh, several teachings on that whole thing. So, then the next article, Will the 44th President Become the Dictator for Which the Illuminati Plans Call For? Well, you know, again, they're all scripted, all these guys. A congressman from Georgia even went so far as to predict President Obama will become a dictator. Now, this is a congressman from Georgia. Said he's 
Obama's going to become a dictator. He zeroes in on Obama's call for the national for a national security force, which seems to be patterned after Adolf Hitler's program, a plan which solidified the Nazi plan for absolute dictatorship in 1933 and 1939. Uh, this is a news brief. Georgia congressman warns of an Obama dictatorship. Associated Press, November 11th. A Republican congressman from Georgia said Monday he fears that President-elect Obama will establish a Gestapo-like security force to impose a Marxist dictatorship. Now we've done several teachings on Obama. If you want to, if you want to reference that, you can um, just key in Obama in the keyword search box on the homepage. He goes on to say, this congressman says it may sound a bit crazy or off base, but the thing is, he's the one who proposed the National Security Force. Representative Paul Brown said of Obama in an interview Monday with the Associated Press. He says, I'm just trying to bring attention to the fact that we may. May not, I hope not, but we may have a problem with that type of philosophy of radical socialism or Marxism. Because the guy's obviously done a little bit of homework and realize, realizes that all Obama is, is a is repackaged Mar Marxism, fascism, socialism. I believe he also has a lot of Muslim um, links as well. He's just all that wrapped up into one package. One big line deceiving package, I should say. Brown cited a July speech by Obama that has circulated on the internet in which then-Democratic presidential candidate called for a civilian force to take some of the national security burden off the military. Obama's original words are surely somber, and he did receive considerable press attention when he uttered them. Listen carefully. <clears throat> we. This is a quote. Let's see here. Oh, from Obama. We cannot continue to rely on our military in order to achieve the national security objectives that we've set, Obama said in July. We've got to have a civilian national security force that's just as powerful, just as strong, and just as well-funded. The parallels between Obama's words and Hitler's actions are well-rooted in history. The congressman explains his explanation. This is Congressman Brown, who's you know, outing Obama here. And he says, that's exactly what Hitler did in Nazi Germany, and it's exactly what the Soviet Union did. When he's proposing to have a national security force that's answering to him, that's as strong as the U.S. military. He's showing me signs of being a Marxist. I wonder what's going to happen to this guy when Obama actually gets into office. He's probably, I don't know, he's probably going to be deported or something. Both communist Russia and Stalin... In Nazi Germany under Hitler used similar forces to overthrow the old order so they could establish the new order. The parallels between Obama's plan and these historical forces are uncanny and unsettling. For years now, we have had our eye on the 44th president, not knowing who he or she may be. After all, the Illuminati will carry out their plan by occult numbers. The number 44 is a very powerful number. It is 11 times 4. The number 11 is the number of the coming Masonic Antichrist Messiah. Now, I, I wasn't fully aware of that. The number 11, they're saying is. Uh, the number 11 is also synonymous with disorder, disintegration, and judgment. So, that's interesting. So, 11, uh, it is 11 times 44. Uh, and then as Daniel 7, 7, and 8 portrays the son of perdition, Arriving at, arising after the world is recognized, 
reorganized into ten supernations. In other words, the Bible portrays the Antichrist as the eleventh horn. Interesting point. Okay? The eleventh horn, because remember, he's going to come up from among the ten. So, the number four in the occult is a special number because it is the number of the perfected, completed world of nature. We have four cardinal points to the compass, four seasons, therefore the number four four would be perfected, completed number, which the Illuminati believes shall aid mightily the staging of their Masonic Antichrist. If World War III erupts under President Obama's administration, he will be the president who will dissolve our Constitution. Of course, it's pretty much... For a lot of reasons, it's pretty much been done away with anyway, but he will dissolve the Congress and the Supreme Court and establish an absolute dictatorship. The outbreak of World War III is some years they're saying is some years away. I don't believe that. But could occur during an Obama presidency. I don't think it's some years away. I really don't. I, I'm sorry. I just... If it if it didn't go down this year, I would be extremely surprised. Uh, and I hope we do have more time. I really do. I hope I'm wrong. But I just got a real strong feeling that this is the year that this stuff really starts and really gets bad. There's too many, way too many confirming things that I see on the horizon right now that confirms all of the other studies that we've done. The stage is set, and I just can't see it going beyond 2009 before it really starts to come down. The Communist Party strongly, uh, this is another article, the Communist Party strongly voiced its approval of the Obama victory. Communists are very, very happy over this. Now remember, we we need to get everybody to a certain extent on the same page and... um, Communists are very happy that Obama got in. It says, we posted an article months ago pointing out that Obama's chief campaign advisor was the pro-Marxist Zygmunt Brzezinski. That article was news article 2267, entitled, Senator Obama has strong ties to the Illuminati communist, uh, communist Illuminati at that. The current news story validates one of the most basic premises, so let's examine it. Um, communist Party static over... 08 election results. The voice of Marxism announces hard work is just the beginning. This is from World Daily Net, November 10th, 2008. Hailing Barack Obama's win as a victory for the working class. The Communist Party in the United States is calling on President-elect to carry out his promises, including his noted commitment to spread the wealth. An editorial by the People's Weekly World said the victory was for workers of all job titles, professions, shapes, colors, sizes, hairstyles, and languages. The paper said Obama's victory is important, not only for the people here in the U.S., but also for our sisters and brothers around the world. Now, this is a communist publication talking. Obama has had relationships with communists before the election. In his famous autobiography, Dreams from My Father, Obama reveals that his earliest mentor in Hawaii was a man by the name of Frank Marshall Davis. It so happens that Davis had been sent to Hawaii in the late 1940s by the Communist Party to organize the, the Communist Party in Hawaii. Obama has already promised, proposed the creation of a homeland police force that will no doubt terrorize those in the ultra-right, born-again Christians, or the Patriot Movement, who will become the most Uh, active components of his socialist regime. Hitler had a similar police force called the Gestapo. 
or was also the Homeland State Police, that terrorized the opponents of the Nazi regime. And he wrote, We believe that the time may be here for pressure to mount upon conservatives and or Christians as Hitler pressures Hitler's pressure consistently grew from 1933 to 1939 when Hitler launched World War II. The last segment draws a very appropriate parallel. In 1933, a major... A majority of Germans voted for a demagogue who promised change and seemed to be the answer to their economic and national problems. None of those voters could have foreseen that 12 years later Germany would lie in ruins and be occupied by foreign armies. He wrote much less, much less more parallels what just happened here in America um, with Barack Obama being being elected. Of course, the elections are all fixed anyway. But I really do probably believe in this election. He probably did win it uh, because there was a lot of people for him and uh, a lot of people rapidly wanting him in. So I don't know if they had to rig this one, but that option's always there for them. And we've covered that in previous teachings as well. So in other words, they're comparing this to Nazi Germany, the parallels between the two. The parallels between Obama and Hitler are actually pretty much uncanny. This next article is entitled, President Obama is assembling a team around him comprised of extremely leftist Jews who have boldly supported the Palestinian state giveaway program against biblical Israel. Now, why would, why would Jews support the giveaway of land? Well, they're of the synagogue of Satan. You have to understand that. So if I start to say anything about Jews, don't say, oh, he's anti-Semitic or this or that. There's, Jesus called them of the synagogue of Satan. They're not you know, they're, they're of their father the devil, and of his works they will do. This was from, um, the article's entitled, Jews Around the Next President, by Tamir Yona of the Israeli National News, November 12, 2008. This article says, The recent appointments of Jews by United States President-elect Barack Obama to his new administration should not be reassuring to the Jewish community of America or in Israel. Says David Beden, Bureau Chief of the Israel Resource News Agency. Speaking on Israel National Radio Weekend Edition, Biden said that the Jewish appointees are not pro-Israel. So these Jewish appointees that Barack Obama's appointing are not pro-Israel. When the Jewish officials start worrying about the type of Jews which Obama is building around him, we should worry too. This article says he did not express concern over Obama's closeness to Jewish policymakers who have pushed for Israel to give up land in the past. In particular, Rahm Emanuel, the newly appointed White House Chief of Staff. Emanuel's parents are Israeli. Obama's first appointment in the White House, Rahm Emanuel, was the key person in the Clinton administration to make the Oslo Accords happen in 1993. We are facing a situation of Jews around the president who are very, very antagonistic to any of Israel's settlement policies in Judea and Samaria. But much more serious than that, of course, is the implication for the rest of Israel. So these guys are wanting them to give up. It's almost like their 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 agenda is almost very similar to the to the um, Palestinians, to the Muslims. It's almost like they're working on the same team in certain ways. And then he goes on, it's on, but their excuse is, oh, this will be, this will bring us peace if we give up more. It's not going to bring you peace. And they know that. They, they, they're, they're, again, this is scripted. 
So then it says, Biden then noted that Emmanuel was close to the original Oslo Accords, which first set out the Israeli giveaway of significant portions of her land to the Palestinians. This started back in 1993, the Oslo Accords. Oh, it's worked so well. Yes, just keep giving them land and giving them land. And, the, and the, for, someday they're just going to come to their senses, these, these, these Muslims, and they're going to stop attacking us. They're never going to, ever. It doesn't matter what you do. They, their only solution to you is total annihilation. Emmanuel personally orchestrated the famous Yishak Rabin, Yasser Arafat handshake at the White House in September of 1993. If you like the Oslo process, Rahm Emanuel is your man. If you didn't like the Oslo process of giving away all this land, then he is your enemy. Then, uh, Biden expressed concern over about other Jewish advisors, which Obama is bringing on. He says, Obama had hired a number of Jewish advisors who are quite critical of Israel. They are anti-Israel, people who fantasize about Saudi Arabia and other peace and touches. Now again, don't, don't think I'm saying this because I think Israel is some pristine, perfect place. And that, no, they've turned their back on the Lord Jesus Christ. I understand that. And I understand they've got to get saved the same way we do at this point. They don't have some special get-out-of-jail-free card uh, like John Hagee believes, where they believe that he believes in the doctrine of ethnic salvation, meaning just because they're Jewish they get saved. You got to get saved the same way we do, okay? But the the bottom line is is biblically you can look at the book of Daniel and Revelation. The emphasis is going to be coming back to Israel. Not saying like God's going to abandon his children, you know. All, uh, but I'm saying there isn't there is an emphasis that's coming back to Israel in the end times. It's undeniable in Scripture, okay? Unless you want to spiritualize things and say, oh no, God's done away with the Jews and the 12 tribes. No, no, the, actually that's, you know, the uh, European people or, or, or some people believe it's certain uh, ethnic uh, groups and races and all and want to spiritualize. And you can you can believe your own little cult belief and doctrine. That's, that's fine. But the bottom line, the Bible's very clear on this, Okay? Uh, the Bible says the blindness in part has happened to the Jew until the fullness of the Gentile come in. Jews right now are blind in part. There's going to come a day, though, most likely near the end of the tribulation, we've covered this in Zechariah, where they're going to look upon whom they've pierced, and they're going to understand what they've done corporately. Okay, That day is not here yet. Okay, But anyway, I just wanted to kind of bring that up, so I, I didn't want... I, I try to have a balance, in other words. I try to have a balance. And it'll go so far as, as hagging them to say, oh, you know, bless God, let's let's rebuild the temple. <laughs> That's an abomination. Yes, I understand the temple's going to be rebuilt, but Jesus Christ was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. When he was on the cross, he said, it is finished. And that blood sacrifice through Jesus Christ paid our sin debt. And the blood of goats and bulls and rams are an abomination after that point. Okay, so the temple being rebuilt, yes, I understand that biblically speaking, uh, that's going to be something that needs to happen. Okay, but I'm sure not going to give money to build it, <laughs> or I'm not going to just say, okay, all all of Israel is we we can't go anything against anything that they do or whatever. Now, obviously, the way that I'm reading this today, I'm very pro-Israel from the standpoint of this this conflagration between them and the Muslims and the Palestinians. 
Okay, I think they've absolutely, totally got the short end of the stick. The land giveaway, the fact that they're this tiny little country, and you've got this gigantic landmass around them. But it's so funny that the Muslims have to have their land. Okay, so I'm very, I'm very pro-Israeli from that point. Yes, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and and pray that the that the Jews have their eyes open and that they get saved and that they accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Okay, but I think it's important to have balance at the same time in regard to this whole situation, and that's what I that's what I endeavor to do regarding this whole um, subject when we're dealing with Israel and and the Jews. Uh, so, going further, let's see here. Uh, Obama had hired a number of Jewish advisors who are quite critical of Israel. They are anti-Israel people who fantasize about Saudi Arabia and peace intentions. People who had promoted the intentions of the PLO, or the Palestine Liberation Organization. Those three people are Dennis Ross, Dan Kurtzer, and Martin Indyke. They pose a very serious problem in Israel. These kinds of advisors, the Palestinian state, will be a high priority for the Obama presidency. When the Palestinian state is declared, it will be the end of a very long road for the peace process began in 1993 with the signing of Oslo Accords. This means that the road from Oslo to the Palestinian state will have run through three presidents, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, and Barack Obama. Do you realize that this long road fulfills the classic definition of a conspiracy? Listen, this is uh, uh, from a quote from Thomas Jefferson. Single acts of tyranny may be ascribed to an accidental opinion of a day, but a series of oppressions begun at a distinguished period and pursued unalterably through every change of ministers to plainly prove a deliberate, systematical plan of reducing us to slavery. The creation of a Palestinian state now this is back to cutting edge, has been pursued unalterably through every change of ministers. Therefore, this trek to carve out the hostile Palestinian nation from the heart of Israel fits Jefferson's classic definition of a conspiracy. God's judgment will not take long to fall in regard to this matter. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and end there for part one, and we're going to go to part two next, and we're going to kind of change gears here, because I think we've already established the foundation now we're going to get into some other issues that relate to this subject.